I see a, new, a couple of new faces out there this morning. I'm Daniel Van Cleve, one of the pastors here at our wonderful church. I'm excited this morning and grateful to share a message with you to maybe put a period at the end of a wonderful year and launch us into a great, just a great word I believe the Lord has given us this morning to take us into 2018. Can you believe it? It is here. I'm grateful to um, Pastor Danny, our pastor, for the opportunity to share with you this morning. I want to start off this morning with a question, and I would love for you to answer a couple of questions in your heart. What would you do if you received a letter like what we just saw, this letter like Marlene Brooks received? How would you respond to such a letter? There are a couple of options. One is to ignore the letter, just tuck it away, Maybe the other option is to cross the street and engage and act upon that call, to answer the call. If you knew that someone's life um, was dependent on your answer, if you knew that someone's life would be significantly or immensely changed because of your response, because of your answer to a call, would you step up? Would you respond? Or would you simply ignore the letter. There are many, many people like Wanda Mills around us every day. We pass people who are hurting, those who are lonely, people who just want a friend that, that have no friends, that have no hope, but few answer the call. Few step up to the plate, as Marlene Brooks shows us this morning, and, and answered yes to God's directive. The Lord sent her. Did you hear that? And she crossed the street and she engages, walks across the street. Now, the call for you and I most often is not a letter. It's, it's not. Maybe it's a frown. Maybe it's someone who just has a long face, and do we walk by or do we say, hey, how's it going? Are you okay? Can I do something for you? Maybe it's to stop and change a tire. Maybe it's to buy someone's coffee. Maybe the call for us this morning is to buy dinner or buy lunch for someone we may not even like, right? Um, are we going to answer the call? Um, we don't have to. We can, we can simply ignore it. But there are a lot of Wanda Mills. This 90-year-old lady, I thought it was interesting at the end of that video, she mentioned she was not really expecting the letter to, to receive a response. I think that's a fair position, to, to not really expect to receive a response in our day today. But she was elated, and both their lives were changed because of this. This morning, I too have a letter uh, to read to you. We have a letter this morning that is, is to us, that, that, that calls for a response, that demands an answer. And I'm asking you to respond this morning in assistance to this letter that we are about to read. It's a cry for help. It's not a letter from someone across the street. It's not a letter that has ever received a stamp. It's not a, an email. It is a letter that is the revelatory word of God. God spoke in the beginning. He moved over the face of the waters. He moved over the deep and the darkness and the void. And when he spoke, until he spoke, it was silent. Can you imagine the darkness? Can you imagine the void? Can you imagine the emptiness? But when God spoke, that changed. Light 
came into being, when God spoke billions of galaxies took shape, when God spoke, the earth began to rotate on its axis, began to move. When God spoke, life began to walk. This is what the Word of God, the Word of the Lord does. It brings life. It brings change. This letter this morning can be ignored. It can be easily ignored. But I want to challenge you, I want to beg of you, as we read a, a letter from 2 Corinthians 5 that was penned by either Paul or his amanuensis in A.D. 56. But can we not see this as a letter from Paul? Because it, it's not. It's a, it's a letter from the Lord, and it's, it's written to us. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that this letter is inspired by God. It's God's breath. Often we miss the word of the Lord because we don't see his lips moving. We do not feel his breath on our neck. But can we lean into the word of the Lord this morning and respond to God's initiative? I guarantee you that changes everything. 2018 will be different in response to that. Will you answer the call this morning? Hebrews 4.12 says that these letters are quick and powerful. The Word of God, it, it, it divides asunder soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It discerns the thoughts and intents of our heart. The locus of our being is discerned by the Word of God. This is the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 5, there's a call to action. We're going to see it in just a second. I want us to identify what thus says the Lord for us, to us, this morning, and give God our yes. I urge you to answer this call. I've asked Dr. Ogenlay to come and to read our text this morning. If you would come on, the text is going to be on the screen, and I want us to pray. We're going to pray um, before he reads. So if you would bow with me, and let's talk to God. Father, Lord, please open the power of your words given to us through this letter. May we answer the call to be faithful ambassadors this morning in your kingdom while on this temporary stay on earth. Would you break through the calloused heart this morning? Would you pierce the darkness and shine on the desolate? Please encourage the heavy-hearted. Lift up the head who hangs down. Spirit of the Lord, speak into darkness and bring life to the dead. Would you call the Christian to a life of abandonment as a faithful ambassador? May those who uh, may be far from you this morning, may they come near and take a step closer in their relationship with you. Your will be done in our lives, we pray. We beg of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that when this earthly taint will live in, is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this early body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made up for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we, will, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. 
and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to, to you again? No. We are giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it, is, if it, seems, cra if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are on, in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we, are stopped, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And they gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Thank you. Yes. Every year I ask the Lord for a word for the upcoming year. You know, tomorrow begins a new year. Well, this year something different happened. I did not get a chance to ask for that word. That word came to me um, before I could even ask for it. The word is ambassador. And a couple of months ago, God just started moving in me this idea of ambassadorship, of being an ambassador, and um, for, an ambassador for Christ. And so what is an ambassador? And we're going to focus on verse 20 in a few minutes. But an ambassador is an appointed representative of a different kingdom, another kingdom. An ambassador is the highest-ranking uh, diplomat sent by a country to represent that country in a foreign land. He's a deployed spokesman. He's deployed 
spokesman. He's a representative of a kingdom that is not his own. Christian, do you see yourself as an ambassador? Do we see ourselves as an ambassador? When we see ourselves as an ambassador, everything changes. An ambassador does not do what he wants to do. He obeys the commander-in-chief. He supports the initiative of the king or the emperor. As Christ ambassadors, we too are not elected. We are appointed by God, appointed and chosen. John 15, 16 tells us this. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. In verse 19, he says, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. An ambassador doesn't push his initiative, even, and he's not even in a world that's his own. You always represent Christ as an ambassador. We are commissioned as ambassadors of Christ to a prodigious work in a kingdom. This, it's a paramount movement. And as Christians, this urge to this particular way of life is, is very vital. It's very important. As an ambassador, it doesn't matter what I think. I represent a mandate of obedience to him. And this drives me, and this drives me over everything. It supersedes any and all things. Um, you know, we have some law enforcement officers in this room and several on campus. Some law enforcement um, have uniform. Others of you that are in law enforcement, you're in here, you, you don't have your uniform on. But you're all an ambassador in a movement with the authority of the government behind you right? Whether you have that uniform on or not, your badge represents a sworn allegiance to a network of power with the backing of the government. I guess that's contention on which president you have, but anyway, you have the government behind you. Some of you will get that later. An ambassador, you're representing someone else, Uh, We're going under someone else's name, right? We go under his mandate with his authority. See yourself as an ambassador this morning. It will change 2018 when we do so and when we take steps towards that. Everything changes. So grab your note sheet. I'm going to just beg of you to take a couple of notes down. um, Pull out your note sheet out of your worship guide. um, Pull out your pen, pencil, lipstick, mascara, whatever you have, and I'm jot something down. Here's why. They say that you will remember 10% of what you read, right? Or yeah, 10% of what you read. You will remember 20% of what you hear, but you can remember either 70 or 80% of what you write. So it's good to take notes. And the reason I don't remember if it's 70 or 80 is because I didn't write it down. So sorry about that, but it's something, so I'll take notes better. All right, so number one, we will trade our tent for a permanent home. An ambassador's life on earth is not what he is created for. We see this in verse one, when Paul, as a tent maker, uses imagery here um, of his trade. He takes this imagery from his trade. Our lives on earth are tents contrasted with a house that's, that's going to be given us as a permanent home in the heavenlies. This word tent in the Greek is stenos, skenos. It's a word described, describing a temporary life. This life on earth is temporary, whereas the house 
Oikia is permanent. It's, it's an eternal home. Life on earth for the ambassador is not the main thing. It's just not. Um, we're travelers. We need to pack accordingly. We pack light. I learned this um, camping with Jason Mann um, in, the, in the woods, right? Ascend Outdoors, Jason Mann. I learned, I want to share two things that Jason taught me on my 30, 41st birthday in the woods with Jason, right? Number one, and I'm not going to share everything, uh, and if you go camping with Jason, you, you know why, right? So the first thing is, is um, you, you carry what you pack. If you go camping, you can take whatever you want to take. You can take the kitchen sink, but it's got to go on your backpack, and you're going to be walking for miles and miles and miles, and, and, and it gets heavy, and you carry what you pack. It's a good thing to know. Pack light. Pack light, because it's, it's a journey. It's a fight. It's, it's, a, it's an arduous walk on this earth in this battleground. Pack light. The second thing I learned is today's camp is not tomorrow's camp. We set up, we, we set up camp in some beautiful places. They were gorgeous. I wanted to stay, right? I get up the next morning, and it's, it's just beautiful, just moment, right? And Jason's like, pack up, let's go. I'm like, no. This camp is the perfect spot. I don't want to go. But I had to pack my skenos up. I had to pack my tent up and be ready to move and to move and go to the next place. Um, an ambassador gets this, understanding, refusing to adopt the idea that life now is paramount. We are in these dying bodies, verse 4 tells us we're in these dying bodies that are going to be torn down. They're going to be dissolved. And God has prepared a vessel for us, the permanent dwelling. And then in verse 5, we see the sealing of the Holy Spirit in that God puts this Holy Spirit, God in spirit form inside of us when we choose to be followers of him. And when he does this, he directs and leads and guides our life. Hebrews uh, 13, 21 says he equips us for every good work. When we surrender to him in the life as an ambassador, God puts up, takes up residence in our life and we move in an initiative, not of our own, but of his, and he directs us. It's a beautiful thing. Holy Spirit indwelling, and he's always pointing us to Jesus, you'll see in Scripture. An ambassador's life on earth is temporary. And then number two, it's, it's a life lived by faith and not by sight. This word faith is a, is a strong confidence and reliance on God. It's trusting in that which is not seen. Um, this word seen, eidos, is, is something that I can tangibly put my eyes on. Faith is not that. Um, the problem with faith is that Hebrews eleven six God says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. There's no way I can be a faithful ambassador without faith. And I cannot live by faith if I'm living by what I see. Eidos. You say, well, Daniel, I, I need more faith. I, I, I want to have more faith. How do I have more faith? Glad you asked. God's Word tells us, Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. If you want faith... Hear the word of God. How are we investing in our lives as ambassadors? Are we going to the word of God? Are we hearing from him? 
I want to challenge you. Some of you need to turn over a new leaf tomorrow, and that needs to be to, to, to take a commitment to be in God's Word every day, to reshape 2018, and, and, and step aside of this malnutritious idea that I can do life without the revelatory Word of God. Download version, the Bible app. It's a great thing. It'll play it back to you. Select a plan. Do a daily plan. I challenge you. Grab a 365-day plan, and it'll even notify you every day. Hey, you need, to, you need to read. And here's what I love about it. I can pour my coffee in the morning, and as I'm waking up, I hit that version app, and it plays. The, it, it, it reads the Word of God to me, and it's even a pretty cool voice. God's Word has, has power. We are to live by it. As we experience God, our faith increases. Now, a couple years ago, I did something, probably one of the wildest things I ever did besides getting married. Um, a couple years ago, I, I jumped out of, uh, you guys are hard, you guys are tough this morning. I, I, thank you. I jumped out of an airplane, a perfectly good plane. Can you imagine? I just jumped out of this plane. It's crazy. Now, I want to ask you a question. Um, do you think that I, I trusted, I had faith in my parachute? What about when I was standing on the ground and, and this parachute began to be strapped on me, this, these harnesses, right? Do you think I trusted that parachute in that moment? The answer is yes, I did. But let me tell you, my faith increased over the, over the course of the next few moments. It, it, it began to increase and increase more. As that parachute or those straps were strapped onto me, and I saw the plane idling, and I began to walk with every step towards that plane, my faith increased. I'm acting on that which I believe and my confidence, and I'm, I'm moving towards that. And I climbed into this plane, and we taxied down the runway, took off, elevated to 10,000 feet in the air, and my faith began to be weak. And I asked the guys, I asked the pilot. He was kind of a scary guy. He was a, a Florida Gator, so I, I didn't trust him at all. Um, I guess I did, or I wouldn't have got in the plane. Thank you. But he said, it's time. And the door opens. Things got real, man. I'm like, has anybody ever like turned back? He says, yeah, you can. You just say the word and we land. And I crawled to that door. And I, and I leaned out and I looked 10,000 feet. I could barely see houses. It's scary. And you know what I had to do? I was holding on to bars. And he says, let go. And I had to fall. And my faith increased. I fell out of that plane. I started flipping. I'm terrified. I swallowed my throat. I mean, I'm nervous. I want to show you a pic on the screen. This is me. This is me falling. And at this point, I, I'm about to pull this cord. And I'm about to pull a cord that is going to continue to exercise my faith and my experience. And I pull this cord, and guess what happens? That which I believed, that which I trusted, praise the Lord, happened, or I would have made an impact on the world, right? Not the one that I want to make. I would have made a big splat. But I pull this cord, and the parachute comes out, and I look up, and there's this beautiful moment as we're just floating, and it's so quiet. There's no wind moving. It's just a beautiful Texas day. And I'm floating out. I can see the Austin skyline to my left, and I can see 
Texas A&M over here, and, and, I, and I'm just, I'm, I'm looking down, and, and, and we, we, we lower, keep getting lower and lower, and it was awesome. It was the most incredible experience. And my faith became complete in that parachute when, when my feet hit that little three-foot circle that the guy that was guiding me put us in. And at that moment, my faith in that parachute was gone. But I had a confidence that I never had before. It increased. And, and, and guys, here's the deal. I think a lot of Christians, we want to trust God, but we want to trust him at the house. Or we want to trust him standing on, on our comfortable position. And we, we want to trust him and look and see somebody else experience that thing. But it's scary. We're to live by faith. That means when you're sitting on a plane, instead of being the introvert that I am, I open my mouth and talk to someone. I have five textbooks I could be reading. But as a faithful ambassador, I need to meet Elise. And I need to hear about her life. I need to hear that she's getting married in April. And I need to, I need to listen. I listened to her for an hour and 15 minutes um, before I was able to share the gospel. But the main thing is the main thing. And as we experience God, it becomes to increase. And, and I, I think this, I, I, I'm, I believe that we, one of the most terrible travesties of the modern day church is that we have devalued faith to a prayer. We've devalued faith to a thing that we, a, a, a worship gathering perhaps, like just to attend a church gathering. That's not faith. Faith is an active, an active part of being the church. It's, we've allowed it to become this, this label that instead of the thing that informs our duty. Um, we've allowed faith to be this consumerism of God's blessings versus a conduit that, that takes the water of the word like a water hose to the people in the world that need it. Faith puts feet to the fire. An ambassador's life on earth is temporary, it's lived by faith, and it's anticipatory of an appointment, number three, where we will stand before Christ on Judgment Day. We are going to stand before Christ on Judgment Day. Verse 8 says, to be absent from the body, the skenos, tent, is to be present with the Lord. God speaks of this in Isaiah 45, 23. He says, by myself I have sworn... From my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. Here's the word. To me, to God, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance to him. Have you sworn allegiance to God? Are you his ambassador this morning? If you haven't, I urge you, give your life to Christ. If you have, I urge you, be a faithful ambassador. But if you haven't, confess him now, because too, too late will be later. An ambassador's life is temporary. It's lived by faith. It's anticipatory of this final appointment, judgment day. An ambassador's life is informed by the one he represents. Number one, our relationship with Jesus determines our success. 
Paul's plea here in verse 11, he says, because we understand our fearful responsibility, this relationship that Paul is talking about, that God has given us, it demands responsibility, and it's to the Lord. He says, we work hard to persuade others. This word persuade, patho, is to convince. It's to cause someone to adopt a position or belief. And it seems crazy. Verse 13 it says, if, we seem, if it seems crazy as we bring glory to God, uh, maybe it looks like we're not in our right minds, right? So what? Verse 14, either way, Christ's love con- controls us. It, 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 he died for us, verse 15, for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. This is the role of an ambassador. You know, I've discovered um, over the years that um, a lot of people that I talk to don't understand the gospel, don't understand Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Good people um, that miss this idea of grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that it's by grace that we are saved through faith. And it's not of ourselves, it's, it's a gift of God. Eternal life, salvation is a gift from God. It is not something that I work towards. It's not something that I work for. Now, there's a hypothetical story that I use um, when I share the gospel a lot of times, and many of you have heard it, um, but I, I want to share that story, and I'm going to volunteer someone that doesn't know he's going to be volunteered, but it's okay. Um, and so, I, I want to, how many of you guys know who Bill Gates is? Raise, raise your hand. If you know, Bill, you know Bill Gates is? All right, thank you for volunteering. Brandon, stand up. This is Brandon. Um, surprise, Brandon is going to answer a couple questions. So you know who Bill Gates is, right? I do. All right. So let's say, hypothetically, that, that your phone rings and this man introduces himself as Bill Gates to you. And he says, my accountant has asked me to give away a million dollars. And the only catch is he wants you to come to the airport. He's in a hurry. He's going to meet you at the airport. And you verify it really is Bill Gates. He wants to give you a million dollars. Would you go to the airport? I would with somebody. All right, so you, you're, you're going to the airport. Standing on the runway, Learjet lands. It says Gates Enterprises on the side. This ladder flops down. The door opens. Ladder comes down. Bill Gates walks out. You see him? He has this silver briefcase, and he's walking across, and he's coming to you. And he walks up to you, and his assistant and Bill opens this this briefcase in front of you, and you look at it, and it's a million dollars full of crisp $100 bills. And he shuts it, closes it, and extends it out to you. What do you have to do to become a millionaire? Brandon, here you go. Just take it, I guess. You just have to take it. You just take the gift. Just receive it. This is kind of like the free gift of eternal life. It's received through faith. It's not something I work for. It's something that I work from. Because here's the deal. As, as he takes this, he becomes a millionaire. Well, almost, because Uncle Sam's going to get his 50%. So you're half a millionaire, all right? It's real. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. You know it. You don't like it either, all right? So he takes the money. Fast forward, he's, in, he's on I-35, you're, you're in your convertible. It's a year later, Bill Gates, compliments of Bill Gates. You look down at your iPhone and, and it's Bill Gates. Would you answer the phone? 
Yes. Bill Gates is calling. Brandon just answered the phone. Brandon says, hello. Bill Gates says, Brandon, I'm in trouble. I'm at, I'm, I'm at the airport. I need you. Will you come get me and take me to a conference center? My transportation has flopped. Will you, would you go get him? Yes. Why would you go get him, Brandon? Why would you go and stop what you're doing and go get Bill Gates? Well, he gave me money, and then um, I should just do it because it's something God would do. He gave him money, a lot of it, a monetary thing. Friends, salvation, eternity is so much bigger than that. It's so, it doesn't even compare. And God says, here is eternal life. And I'm afraid that a lot of good people, people that look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act a lot like Jesus, have never received that gift. And the way you take that gift is not for working for that gift. The way you take that gift is through faith. It's trusting faith. It's taking a step towards him. For me, that gift was received with, I mean, my, my attitude was, God, I give up. I give my life to you. Use me. Take me. I'm yours. Have you made that decision this morning? Have you transferred your trust to Jesus? Guys, I implore you. I implore you. Thank you, Brandon. You, you did a great job. Appreciate Y'all give Brandon a hand. What we do with Jesus is, is super important as his ambassador. Um, we're informed um, as a life of an ambassador's life is informed by the one he represents. Number two, our view of people determines our success. How do we see people? Um, 16, verse 16, he says, we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We see people through God perspective, God lenses. There are three things that I think we might want to adjust as we view people. First of all, let's see people lost. You say, well, Daniel, that's cruel. That's, that's horrible. Why would we see people lost? A Christian, an ambassador, will represent, and until they testify, I want to share the gospel with them. I want to share Christ with them. I'm not going to assume because you sit here this morning that you know Jesus. I, I've done that for many, many years, and I've seen that not bear lasting fruit. Lost people need a Savior. Saved people need a Savior. People need a Savior. Jesus um, encouraged us in Luke 15 to go after the one. Remember the story of the good shepherd? He leaves the 99. doesn't seem like a good shepherd, does it? To leave what you have and go after what you don't. But that's Jesus' model for us. That's what true love does. It's crazy. Launches out to take and to go after that one. We need to see people as lost. We have to see people as hurting. Um, some of the most happy-looking people are hurting people. Truett Cathy um, said, how do I know if someone needs encouragement? How do I know if someone is hurting? He said, if they are breathing. If they're breathing, we know they need encouragement. See people hurting. See people incomplete. We are a work in progress, right? You need to turn to your neighbor right now and say, you are a work in progress. Come on, do it. You're a work in progress. Yeah. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God, imperfect. If you don't believe that, ask my wife. She will let you know. But listen, 
Have you ever seen a baby eat formula like the, the broccoli? Nasty. I don't know why we feed that to our babies. Pop the top on it. I don't know if it smells worse now or later. I don't know. But you take this green stuff and you put it in their mouth, the little infant, and it, 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 it oozes out the side of their mouth and it just falls all over the place in the bib. It's nasty and it smells. And, and do, do we discipline that baby for that? No, they're baby. They're just an infant. But guess what? If you're 13, 14 years old, 27 years old, and, and you have, you're eating, oozing out, we've got a problem. If that stuff's coming out now and you're walking around popping the Gerber top, no, it, we grow. We grow in our relationship. It's, it's, it's okay, but not for long as we mature. Romans 8, 29, God says that he's conforming us into the image of of his son, Jesus. We want to be a part of this at Great Hills Baptist Church. And there's a, a slide that will be on the screens here introducing a program that we're starting in a few weeks. I think there are already 30-something guys that have registered for this. Gentlemen, come on um, January the 10th, Wednesday night. We have an opportunity on Wednesday morning. You can go to the website, look at it. We will have an orientation. If come, if you think it's something you want to do, do it. If not, just don't come back. It's fine. But you will commit on Wednesday, on Wednesday night, if you're interested in, in taking the spring and being, being a part of a mentor program where you're invested in, Pastor Danny, myself, or Pastor Ross will lead a 15-minute uh, message. And then we'll, you'll be at a table that you'll be at every Wednesday night or every Wednesday morning with the same four guys. A discussion will be led. Iron will sharpen iron. It's a beautiful thing. Those of you that are involved in that know. I want to challenge you to be a part of this. We are incomplete. We need to grow in our relationship with him. Last point, um, how we identify ourselves determines our success. We are Christ ambassadors. We are Christ. Everything is a sidebar next to Jesus. We are making his appeal. We are making an appeal. He is speaking through us. We are his mouthpiece. It's not our message. We are his megaphone. You know how many people will die today? The records show that 154,995 people will die today. Has the church, have ambassadors of Christ been faithful to tell them? Or is our mouthpiece loud? Are we making that, that voice known? He says, we implore you, Daomite, we're begging, pleading, urging people to follow Jesus the message is be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. This is a mathematic term. It means to be made right. Be made right with God. Come to God. Be brought back to Him into a favorable or a friendly relationship with Him. This is the message. I want to close with a story this morning. How many of you know you've heard of Bob Goff? Bob Goff authored the book Love Does. Chapter 9, he tells a story that I thought was pretty intriguing, introduces himself as a prankster, which he is. Bob finds out that his friend Doug and Doug's wife are celebrating their anniversary 10 years at this whoop-de-doo hotel. And so Bob decides to go crash their party. He gets to the hotel room early, checks in with the concierge, signs this thing, says, this is my wife and my name is Doug, and he is an imposer. And he enters the hotel, hits the, hits the elevator, goes all the way to the top floor to the penthouse suite. The doors open. 
and there are two big massive wood doors and he pushes open this room to the whole floor and it's gorgeous, it's ornate, detailed, decorated to the hilt. And Bob walks straight over to the phone. He picks the phone up and starts calling room service. He's, he knows it's going to be on Doug's tab. And so he calls and orders lobster. It was good, so he orders more lobster, right? And then he orders salmon and the third course. And he said they brought dessert like moments later. And, and, and you don't even know what it is. They set it on fire. It was some crazy expensive dessert. And, and one thing after the next, ice cream. And, and every time the waiter would bring something to the room, Bob said he would he would tip this enormous tip because it's all going on Doug, right? Just put it on Doug. Well, they ran up a 400 and something dollar bill, tidied up the room and went home. Can you imagine the next morning, Doug is checking out and he looks at this tab and says, I didn't order that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. A couple months pass. Bob is still waiting for Doug, waiting on him to get him back. The phone finally rings and he thinks it's Doug and it's this British accent and, it, and, he, he, start, and he covers the phone and he turns to Maria and says, Maria, this is Doug. He's about to get us back. And she says, do what, go along with it. We'll see what he's going to do. So he says, yes. And, and this British accent on the phone says, hey, we, the government of Uganda wants you to be an ambassador to the U.S. for us. And he's like, oh, that's crazy. Doug is pulling out the stops for this. Okay, Bob says, I'll do it. And so he, a couple of weeks go by and he's at the appointment and he's standing in the lobby of this gorgeous hotel room or this hotel and he's waiting on, on Doug to pop out and say, gotcha. He's waiting on someone to walk up and, and, and maybe say, hey, order some lobster um, and pay for it yourself this time. He's looking for the punch, right? Standing there in the hotel lobby in his flip-flops, shorts, and a Hawaiian shirt. And then something crazy happens. He notices this entourage of limos and black security vehicles that pull outside of the lobby. Dignitaries start getting out. Over the headlights of those limos are Ugandan flags. And he says, uh-oh. In walks security, clears the lobby takes Bob into a side room. He's, he's sitting in moments with, with the government of Uganda. And the president is asking him to swear allegiance, to take on this, this role of proconsul, to be a representative for Uganda. Can you imagine? Bob said yes. <laughs> Bob says, yes. He says, I'll, I'll do it. That sounds like a great thing. And when he said yes, what he thought was a joke changed his life. His yes affected the why. Everything changed. He became a representative of U Uganda, a liaison to the U.S. Bob was not elected, appointed by the president. As an attorney, he no longer argued for the interest of the USA or her citizens. He now represented Uganda. His mission changed. His goals changed. His routine changed. His ambitions changed. Everything changed. His duty changed. In just a moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to close. My question, I have two questions for you. What has changed, Christian, since you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? What has changed? Have, has your life been changed completely? 
Are, are you involved in the mission, the call to be an ambassador in this, in this movement? Have you get, given Jesus your yes? You say, well, I have, but I don't know what to do. God is looking. Somebody said he's looking for our availability, not our ability. He just wants our yes. When we give him our yes, we take the next step. And it builds on our faith as we walk, as we journey in this relationship with him. My second question is this. Have you come to a personal commitment? Um, are you a new creature? Are you a Christian this morning? You see, I, I already told you, I don't, I don't assume that everybody here is a Christian. As a matter of fact, I, I assume that there are many that are not. And that, listen, you do not have to leave this room. If the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart, give Jesus your yes. Reach out and take what you know and, and put feet to your faith and receive Christ. It's not a prayer. It's not asking Jesus into your heart. It's having the Holy Spirit in your locus of your being. It's everything. It's more than a prayer. It's a life of surrender. It's a life of an ambassador. It's a calling to a movement that's not our own. Yes, it's going to be scary. Yes, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be beautiful. And I implore you, I beg you this morning, give your life to Jesus. I want to pray for us. Heads bowed, eyes closed. And as we enter this time, there will be counselors at the front that will be available to pray with you. Some of you need to get up this morning, maybe not even wait on the song. And get up this morning and move to an attitude of surrender. Come to the altar or right where you're seated and say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. I, I surrender all. I would love for you to come forward and to, and to engage one of our counselors and to talk to someone and to pray with someone. Maybe you're here this morning and you are a Christian. You are an ambassador. And your call this morning is, is to be available to let you put feet to your yes and say, God, I will. I will. Give him your yes this morning. Follow him in obedience. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for your love for us. We ask this morning that you do what you will. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts and our lives. We trust you. We thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for the word. Thank you that you did not leave us desolate, that you did not leave us blind and bound and confused, that you gave us a word. You're so much bigger. You're so much greater. Lead us, Father. We trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You respond to God and, um, as he leads you.